Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Generation C podcast. My name's Shakemi and I'm joined with Marlene and today we have two special guests on the podcast from SCOOP which is a student movement for sustainable living based in Cambridge and other cities in the UK and also the US. So today we're joined with George who is the founder of SCOOP and Darinka who's the head of the Cambridge team so yeah. Yeah, today we're going to be asking them what is Scoop, what inspired them to launch Scoop and also how uh, important it is for students to be living sustainably nowadays. So I guess I will start us off with the first question which is what is Scoop? So um, Scoop is a zero-based student-run non-for-profit shop um, it started in 2019 at the University of Cambridge and can now be found in three other universities, including Durham, Leeds, UCL in the UK and also in the US at Duke University. These sell packaging free non-perishable foods such as pasta, rice, oats. Um, and we also recognise that consumer choices are dictated by accessibility and affordability. Um, so we kind of ensure that our products are price matched to local competitors um, and at our different shops um, across the UK, we managed to save over 250 grams of mixed waste, um, which is, I think, equivalent to the weight of half a million single-use plastic bags. Um, so we are really kind of proud of this. Um, but also, I guess we have to emphasise that Scoop is not just a shop, but also a community of people who are passionate about protecting the health of our planet. Um, so we have a blog where we write articles about sustainability. We also create social media content uh, about life, life, lifestyle tips and um, yeah, kind of sustainable um, economy and social issues. Um, yeah, that's kind of what Scoop is about. That's amazing. I think both of us were really kind of taken aback um, when we found out about the organisation. Um, I guess the next question is, what inspired you to launch Scoop? Okay, I might as well jump in here. Uh, so Scoop started because um, I was having with some friends different conversations about sustainable living and we were in first year here at Cambridge and we were thinking, what can we do? We can, um, you know, we can not buy clothes, we can cycle, we can do all this stuff. But the one thing we can't do is not buy food in plastic because realistically the only options we have are Sainsbury's, um, or if you really want to get out to Mill Road, you might find some stuff out there. So we realized quite quickly that there was a problem there. And there were a lot of people in Cambridge who we spoke to who would actually really appreciate having an option. And as Darinka said, a big kind of principle of that is it had to be available, but also available at a, at a good price. And there's a kind of pragmatism behind that, that if, if it's way more expensive without plastic, then people are still going to go for the plastic option. So we wanted to see if it was possible to run a minimum waste plastic shop in Cambridge at a really low price. Um, we got in touch with some wholesalers who specialize in delivering zero waste and minimum waste food, just like Drinka said. And basically we found out that it's really easy and really cheap. So we thought, why not give it a go? Uh, so that's how it started. Um, as Jorinka said, it started in Cambridge. We popped up last year every two weeks in different colleges um, and we got a very good reaction. We got a lot of people coming through um, and that was really nice to see. But 
the other side of Scoop, which is for me as important as the actual shop, is the kind of the social message and putting sustainability on kind of on the map for people at Cambridge, but also um, in other universities around the UK and now in the US. So we wanted to we wanted to make a lot of noise. We wanted to be very visible. Um, we wanted to we wanted people to walk past and think, God, what's going on in there? Why are these people? going in there instead of Sainsbury's and then start to engage with us on these kind of conversations of sustainability. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what we started to do. And then as Dorinka said, that's now spread. So we're now in Durham. I better get this right, Dorinka. We're now in, where are we? Durham, UCL, Leeds and Duke in the US. Um, and they all run minimum wage shops there. And then they all run kind of social medias and workshops and have like try and get these kind of conversations going as well. So it's it's those two things really trying to reduce waste in our kind of small scale, very localized way, which is very important, and also really putting sustainability on the map, bring it to the front of people's minds, making some noise, making it very visible that we'd like to see people think about food differently, think about their lifestyles differently, and to make some changes. Yeah, and if I can jump in here, I think another important thing is I believe kind of Scoop empowers the consumers um, because it kind of offers them the choice to buy more sustainably. Because before Scoop, you had your regular supermarkets where usually everything is packaged in plastic. Although I think in the UK, there are more and more zero waste shops starting to pop up, but they still might not be affordable for students so Scoop is kind of filling this market in um, and then giving the choices to the students um, to be able to live more sustainably. That's so great to hear and as I've already said on the um, podcast before I'm actually on my college JCR as the environmental officer and a lot of feedback that I've heard from people is that it's so hard to be a student and to live sustainably. So it's so great that Scoop is doing work to make this more achievable, I guess, for students. And that kind of follows on to our next question, which is why do you think that students are an important target audience for sustainability? Mm, okay, I'll jump in there first, Drinker, give you a little bit of time to come up with something better than what I have to say. Um, why are students an important market? Uh, it's kind of twofold, really. Um, well, Three, threefold. First of all, as Jorinka said, they're an important market because every market's an important market. You know, everyone's got to be uh, rethinking their lifestyles and trying to become more sustainable. That is students and that is, you know, kind of everyone. Um, so the fact that there wasn't anything here made it a very important market for us. So that's kind of number one. Um, why are students kind of especially important? Well, obviously, you know, a lot of people come to university from a lot of different backgrounds, from a lot of different places and a lot of different kind of times in their life. And they will all have very different experiences of, um, you know, very different relationships with food, very different lifestyles, very different understandings of the environment and sustainability and all these things. So you've got this melting pot of loads of different people in one place. Um, and that makes it a very kind of very powerful opportunity to bring these ideas up, see what different people have to say, share some experiences, share some ideas. And then at the end of people's time at university, they then go off and they end up in, you know, loads of places around the UK and around the world. And hopefully if they've kind of picked up some ideas 
about sustainability from their time here, they're then the ones spreading that wherever they go. So students are a really good kind of touch point into, into kind of the whole of society in a way, because a lot of people come together and then a lot of people go back out. Um, and the kind of third thing is obviously there's a lot of different there's a lot of different scales at play here. There's what we can do personally, there's what we can do as a university, there's what we can do as a country, and there's what we can do as a world. Um, and obviously that means that any kind of sustainable movement has to do a lot of things at once. You know, we've got to do stuff for ourselves, but we've also got to remember that we need to kind of be doing political action and this kind of stuff. Um, and students are, students are very good at doing both. And students are very good at applying kind of political pressure, whether that's within the university. Um, obviously, students have a huge amount of consumer power within the city that they're in. Um, and also just kind of throughout their lives, applying political pressure and stuff. So students are a really good opportunity to bring this, bring these discussions up, make the point of how important sustainability is, um, and then take that with them wherever they go into the future. Yes, um, I agree with everything that George said, and I would probably uh, come on to your second point, kind of saying that universities kind of collect people from with all sorts of different interests and different values, and then kind of then those students will eventually leave the university. And I think that kind of very much touches on two very important aspects of sustainability. The first one is intersectionality so um the idea that sustainability kind of cannot be detached from other other issues such as social inequality or economic issues um, um and i think that's a really good way to kind of target university students who have all these different interests and kind of realize that oh actually if i care about human rights then i should be caring about environmental issues as well for example um and so yeah, that's why students are really good. And then secondly, I think it's because students kind of at this age, we understand the effects of climate change and sustainability. So for example, in the definition of sustainability, it says that we want to maintain the health of the planet so it can cater for the current generation and also the next one. And I think our generation especially can already feel that feel the neglect that the previous generation did about environmental issues and also we now starting thinking about how to cater for the next generation so we are kind of in this middle um age group so i think that's a really good way to start thinking about sustainability not to mention that university students are standing in front of a line of kind of life changing decisions as well about careers and jobs um and trying to engage people in sustainability and making them care about environmental issues hopefully can then kind of lead to bigger changes in the future in their career. Um, so. Yeah, I guess it's a question of social responsibility, right? And I think our generation specifically, obviously, because we're kind of talking from a, a Gen Z perspective, um, we are quite receptive to those changes. And I think um, we've obviously we've actually done a um, an episode on online activism. I think our generation is very very willing to express their opinions in a way that other generations 
potentially haven't had the means to do. Um, so I guess this kind of leads on to our next question, which is about the challenges. So obviously we've spoken about the um, economic challenges that students might face to live a sustainable life, but do you see any other kind of challenges that students might face when they try to go about switching to um, potentially a zero waste or just living more sustainably? Hmm. Well, there's the obvious challenges, like when you, you know, you can be as good intention as you like, but if you walk into your college hall or you walk into a cafe or whatever it is and everything's absolutely covered in plastic or it's like a single use takeaway coffee cup, but you need your coffee, then that's a limitation. That's an obstacle. So there are very much these kinds of more structural things around us where it, it doesn't always come down to your choice. And that's when it's so important to be making changes in your own life, but also kind of calling on uh, calling on people in those kind of positions of responsibility, people who run cafes, people who run colleges, stuff like that, and, and, and kind of articulating the change that you'd like to see. So one of the challenges we have with Scoop, for example, is Scoop isn't a zero waste shop. There's actually no such thing as the zero waste, a zero waste shop in the UK. There's only a minimum waste shop because by UK law, food has to be wrapped in plastic when it's transported. So what that means is the, the name of the game for us is buy stuff in really big bags of bags of plastic and give it to everyone, as opposed to everyone taking a really small bag of plastic. And then we know we can recycle it and we've reduced the overall amount of plastic by a significant amount. But it's not it's not no plastic because there is kind of inbuilt into our kind of food system at the moment places where plastic and single use and especially during um, coronavirus obviously there's a huge amount of single use and kind of very rightly so in in a lot of circumstances so that there's there are these kinds of obstacles that stop stop it all being about well do i choose you know it's not always just the vegetable wrapped in plastic, the vegetable not wrapped in plastic. Um, but these kinds of obstacles can also be overcome. So, you know, sometimes you can, you can avoid the situation. You can find a kind of creative way of not needing to use the thing in plastic that is in front of you. Um, and it's also why it's so important for us as Scoop and kind of anyone who believes in sustainability or any of those kind of environmental justice issues that Dorinka was talking about to be moving beyond their self and kind of calling for bigger change at the same time and playing both games at once. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that, especially the fact that with COVID, plastic has become much more of an issue in colleges and I'm sure amongst our generation in general. So in our college, we have all of our cutlery plastic and it's all individually wrapped up in cling film and it just seems really excessive and um that's something that our jcr has been trying to push and change because everyone knows it's an issue but for most people the convenience of just being able to pick up brunch and just pick up cutlery that you can throw away so quickly is just so tempting for everyone it's, it's bizarre though because we have compostable like containers but then everything's wrapped in cling film. So yeah. there's like a very big conflict of interest there. Yeah, but um, the next question that we have is what tips would you give to students who are looking to become more sustainable at university? Okay, so I think the most important place to start with this question is what is sustainability? Um, because if you don't really know what you're going for, you don't really know how you're going to achieve it. 
So the, the kind of classic definition of sustainability is an action that you can keep doing without ever diminishing your ability to do that action. So if you can do the same thing and you can repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and you never kind of degrade the environment or diminish your base so much that a future generation can't do the same thing, then that's a sustainable action. Um, personally, I don't like that definition. Um, and, you know, not, not because it's wrong, I just think that the emphasis is in the wrong place. So for me and for Scoop, sustainability isn't about an action, it's about a mindset. And sustainability is a mentality and almost a worldview in a way that says, how can I, how can I live with the world? And how can I live in harmony with the world? And how can I reduce my impact or even have a positive impact on the things around me? So if pollution is a mindset that says I can take things, I can use it once and I can throw it away. If pollution is a kind of mindset that drives um, kind of small behaviors like littering, but also big stuff like climate change, then for me, sustainability is the opposite. It's a mindset that says, I don't want to have that impact. I want to have a positive one. And I think that's a really important place to start because then how, how do you live sustainably, first of all, becomes a mindset question, an attitude question. And it's, it's about saying to yourself, kind of reconsidering, okay, how, how am I considering things now? You know, we all have different lifestyles, so we do things in different ways, but there will be things that we kind of do or things that we don't realize we do that perhaps have a negative impact that we don't want. So then if sustainability is a mindset, you've got this really kind of, this very flexible, this very creative space to be like, sustainability is anything that I can do in my life that puts me more in harmony with the things around me. Um, and I think that's a really empowering definition. And I think it's a very empowering idea of what sustainability means. Um, yeah. And I guess this kind of ties back into our previous discussion point about plastic um, used in the canteen at university. Um, like you mentioned, that it's much easier to kind of pick up a plastic cutlery. And I think this kind of highlights that plastic pollution is also a mindset problem. This thing that, that we can just use things, take things away from the earth and then throw them away, make it someone else's problem. Um, and so when it comes to tips, it's kind of putting the energy into changing your mindset and changing your habits. Um, so for example, um, even when it comes to using vegwares in um, college canteens, for example, which are these um, plastic-like packaging, which are compostable. Um, but the problem with them is that it still kind of keeps that mindset that you don't bring your own reusable um, cups. Instead, you are still using single-use stuff, even if it's gonna decompose eventually. Um, so I think, yeah, what George said about sustainability being a mindset problem really comes out here. Um, yeah, and Dorinka, that about vegware actually, um, as a very practical tip for Cambridge students, kind of specifically, because there's, there's, there's vegware absolutely everywhere, it's a really important point. Um, substituting plastic for something that can be more easily degraded, like vegware, is a kind of really great step when plastic absolutely can't be avoided, and then at least it has somewhere better to go than just kind of being chucked into a landfill or ending up in the ocean or whatever. But first of all, 
Vegware takes a huge amount of energy to compost. You know, you can't just chuck it in the compost at home. This is commercial composting. So there is still a big impact here of something uh, that could really easily just be avoided by like bringing your own cutlery. And secondly, as Drinker also said, you know, there is, there is a mindset of single use, which is a mindset of using things up. And it's that mindset of, I can use something up just once and then be done with it. That is kind of underlying a lot of the environmental problems that we get ourselves into today. So if you can kind of almost be strong with yourself and be like, I'm, I'm gonna make a habit of just not doing single use, even if that single use can be compostable, even if that single use can be whatever, and finding those kind of creative ways to do other things. Um, the other thing I wanted to add, which I think is really important, is your impact doesn't stop with the action that you take. Your impact continues to the kind of change that you make around you and that the people see you make. So when you kind of make, when you take your own cutlery instead of using the vegware cutlery, there's like a very, you know, someone could probably calculate that little bit of vegware, how much energy it takes to compost and kind of how much you've saved. But your bigger impact is the people around you seeing, oh, okay, that person didn't take it. That person's brought their own cutlery. Why is that? That's because they've, they've kind of made an active choice to live slightly differently and then they start to think about it themselves. So in everything that you do that is kind of, you know, sustainable, don't, don't be quiet about it. Making noise really is making change because when you can kind of naturalize that lifestyle, you can really influence the people around you. Um, in terms of more, actually, Darinka, do you want to go with your practical thing about the week? Yeah. yeah. So I think the second point, which kind of um, is a bit more practical to, about sustainability, is this kind of transition process. So rather than throwing everything out you've got now and buying the minimum based version of them um, try and kind of do it step by step so for example next time you run out of your deodorant or you run out of toothpaste um, try and find a more eco-friendly version of it and slowly kind of building up your own sustainable lifestyle kit um, and I guess that's kind of feeds back to George's point of Kind of once you are doing this people will recognize so for example when i first kind of started using more um like plastic free like packaging free alternatives people were kind of commenting on oh ah, your toothbrush looks really good where did you get it from so it's kind of all about living by example and um yeah kind of doing your research into these brands and now it's becoming much much easier to find sustainable alternatives online um and there are so many resources that kind of summarize where to get your things from. Um, and that's not only related to cosmetics and um, bathroom stuff, but also fashion, for example, there are many articles you can find with a list of kind of sustainable brands that you can get your um, clothes from. So yeah, kind of think about next time when you are purchasing something, think about, okay, is this something that is good for the planet? And I think this kind of emphasizes that we are very much always have a choice when we are buying things. We kind of can make the decision whether we want to support that company, whether we want to put our, use our money as a vote for that company or that business. Um, so yeah, kind of keep that in mind the next time you are buying something new um, and try and find a more um, 
eco-friendly alternative will be. And when it comes to food, come to Scoop. Um, you've got all your minimum waste things from us. Yeah, no, there's, there's some really, really good tips there. I think that's definitely going to resonate with people. I know that next time I go out shopping, I'll be thinking a bit more carefully, probably. Um, I think, I guess we've got the the tips that any kind of student can do to kind of live more sustainably but how would you say that students can get involved with scoop specifically how would you kind of um, encourage people to come and help and what can they do great okay so if um you know if you're in cambridge and when scoop opens again the first one is turn up to scoop um a because you are reducing your own impact you're sending a message to other people and you're also supporting us and when you see people doing things that you resonate with um you always got to support them right otherwise otherwise it kind of falls a bit short so a you can come and shop with us b we're run entirely by volunteers and there's no kind of like minimum volunteering requirement the shop floor is run just by people who want to turn up on the day and who want to kind of chat to other people and run the tills and stuff so if if you've got some time you can very easily just get in touch with scoop cambridge you can find all the details like on facebook but also on uh, wearescoopuk.com um, and just volunteer and you never know where that is going to go um, i guess a step up from there is you can get right involved in scoop cambridge then you want to be talking to Dorinka and kind of getting getting in the team maybe you want to be writing um, blogs, articles for the Scoop UK blog. Um, and then the other thing which we we haven't actually launched yet, but Scoop UK is uh, about to launch a campaign um, offering to help universities and colleges uh, kind of become more sustainable. Um, and that doesn't require you to have a scoop in your university. So if you're somewhere where there isn't already a scoop shop, you can definitely still be part of the scoop movement by making those changes yourself and also following our campaign to help the university that you go to or the college you go to make change as well. Great, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, You've said such amazing things. I think all of our listeners are really going to resonate with um, what you've said and definitely try and change their kind of environmental impact um, and hopefully try and live more sustainably. Um, we'll definitely include the links to um, all of your social medias in the description box. Um, and I guess it's kind of goodbye from us. And I guess go check out your, your nearest scoop shop if you can, follow all their social medias and um, we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>